0: Hi, I'm Matt Van Cleve, one of the pastors at Blue Oaks. Uh, this is the last week of our Storyteller series. If you missed any of the messages, I want to encourage you to go back and listen. Uh, just go to blueoakschurch.org storyteller. You can use that link to share this series on social media or with a friend or a family member. Well, today we're going to look at a story Jesus told about a sower scattering seed on various different kinds of soil. It's in Matthew 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some of it fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. And then Jesus goes on to explain what this story means in Matthew 13. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. So this is a story about growth which is God's intention for all human beings. Uh, When anything is alive uh, and healthy, it grows. Uh, Growth is a normal sign of a healthy life. As long as we live, if we're healthy, uh, we're gaining new insights, we're gaining new skills, we're mastering new tasks. Growth is a sign of life. Uh, When you cease growing, you start dying. And there's no greater tragedy than stagnation. There's actually a medical diagnosis for a baby that's not growing and developing. Uh, Doctors will write it on their chart, the letters FTT, which stands for failure to thrive. It's an actual diagnosis. Thriving is normal. Thriving is what human beings are born to do. It's what life was created by God for. When it doesn't happen, doctors will go to great lengths to try to find the barriers. Uh, Growth happens in some mysterious way, but there are barriers that can prevent it. And when there's a failure to thrive, doctors will search for whatever those barriers are. Maybe it's a nutrition problem. Maybe it's disease. Maybe it's neglect. They'll remove the barrier so that life can thrive. Well, supremely, This is true in the realm of spiritual life. God wants you to grow, to flourish. God wants you to be able to love someone tomorrow that you couldn't love yesterday. God wants you to find that sin is less and less appealing to you. God wants you to be able to share your faith with greater boldness and effectiveness simply because it's so central to your life. God's desire for you is that you're able to pray more deeply, uh, speak more honestly, rejoice more passionately, and forgive more freely with every passing year so that by the time you're ready to move on from this life, people look at you and they say, there was a human being that walked with God. That's what life can be. This is what Jesus longed for, nothing less. He longed for human beings that thrive. That's the life that he lived. He thrived. But he didn't see it much as he looked at the people around him. Everywhere he looked, he saw people whose lives were choked by anger or paralyzed by fear, whose hopes were suffocated by doubt, whose hearts were made small by sin. Jesus looked around him and he kept seeing failure to thrive. So how is Jesus gonna teach this in a way that people will get it? Well, of course he decides to tell a story. He says a farmer went out to sow his seed. And this is a real common thing. Uh, Some commentators suggest that there was someone actually sowing seed on the hillside near where Jesus was telling the story. Maybe Jesus just kind of pointed at him and everyone turned and watched him sow seed while they listened to this story. So this story is about three elements. There's the seed, there's the sower, and there's the soil. Now this is one of those stories where we need to notice something about these elements. It's important to notice which elements change and which elements don't change. And when we find that, we find the hinge of the story. We find what Jesus is driving at. So here we have the seed, the sower, and the soil. The seed doesn't change. Uh, This is not a story about good seed and bad seed. The seed, the word of God, will always bear fruit if you give it half a chance. The seed doesn't change. In this story, the sower doesn't change. Uh, This is not a story about good sowers and bad sowers. In fact, the thing you notice about the sower is just how generous he is with his seed, almost extravagant. He doesn't seem to be very careful about where it lands. He's just wonderfully generous as a sower. He just spreads it everywhere. The sower doesn't change. The seeds don't change. So what's the variable? The soil is what changes. Whether or not the seed takes root and thrives depends on the soil. You can count on the seed. You can count on the sower. Everything hinges on the soil. And the soil of course represents you and me, human beings. As we talk about the conditions of the soil you can replace the word soil with your heart with your life you see growth is normal it's a gift it comes from god we can't manufacture it i can't make it happen but there are barriers that can prevent it so today i want to ask you to do a little soil analysis i want to ask you to look at your heart at your life and find out if there are barriers to your growth? Are there some things that need to change in your life? Let's just walk through the different kinds of soil. This is what Jesus said in verse four. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. In Israel, the soil conditions are quite dry anyway, but if the seed falls on hard packed, well-traveled soil, a path, it doesn't have a chance. And so Jesus says here, growth requires soil that's soft, not hard. He says in verse 19, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. And when he replaces the word soil with the word heart, we see that Jesus understands how it is with people there are many people who become hard in their hearts toward God and toward his word and toward his love. I think Jesus is saying, often there are people who have been disappointed, people who have been uh, stepped on a lot, who have been hurt a lot. And so they form a kind of uh, protective coat and they become cynical or bitter. Jesus says the evil one comes and snatches the seed away. Jesus says, you have to do a little soil analysis and ask, is my heart soft and tender and open toward God? Is it receptive or is it hard? Is there bitterness inside of me? When our daughter was two years old, she loved to say, I can do it by myself, daddy. I don't need you. I mean, she would swing on the monkey bars. I could do it by myself, daddy. I don't need you whether it was getting dressed or building a wall of blocks or uh, putting puzzles together. I can do it by myself, daddy. I don't need you. I often would think to myself, well, when you fill your diapers, uh, you're gonna need me. When you get hungry, you're gonna need me. When you're ready to go to college, (laughs) you're gonna need me. But here's this little two-year-old, I don't need you. And the reality is some of us are like that with God. I don't need you God and it's so easy to think that it's just you and God in this conversation in this story where Jesus intersects the bird what he's saying is that it's not just you and God thinking this over there's an active role that the evil one is playing trying to snatch the seed trying to get you to make a decision that leads you away from God there's a cosmic war going on for your soul. It's not just you and God deciding if you need him or not. There is actually a force of evil in this world. The writers of scripture talk about this from cover to cover. There's a war going on about whether or not you'll humble yourself. You'll chop up the soil of hardness in your heart. Be good soil and just take Christ in. And I would just say to you, if you're just starting to explore Christ and his ways, if you're new to Christianity, be real careful about saying, I don't need you, God. Because if you do, I think you're playing right into the evil one's hands. I think it's a decision that you'll regret for the rest of your life and certainly for all of eternity. There's more than just you, the soil, and God, the sower. You, God, and the evil one are going at it in this decision-making process in your mind. And I hope and pray that today you make a decision and you say, I do need you, God. And I do want your word to take root in my life. Now, interestingly, I believe one of the primary reasons Jesus told stories was because people are hard-hearted. They're defensive. And so the way Jesus gets past their defenses is is by telling a story. Jesus knew you can't just come up to someone and say, you know, you're hard-hearted, you're resentful, you're bitter and angry and hostile and so on and so you have to straighten up. People tend to be defensive against that. But if you tell them a story, it has a way of getting past their defenses. You may be in that condition right now and God is maybe tugging at your heart right now. You may have a hard spot in your heart because of maybe a relationship uh, maybe you've been hurt by someone and you've been holding on to bitterness and resentment will you ask god to make your heart tender will you go to that person and say whatever you need to say to do your part to try to get that relationship right you know you may have been disappointed you know you had a dream maybe that crumbled a hope that didn't get realized and Kind of a shell has formed around your heart and you deal with disappointment by becoming kind of cynical. If you're willing to acknowledge the truth about your life, there's kind of a cynicism in you. You tend to want to believe the worst about people or you have not much gratitude. You tend to complain a lot. You have hard soil that needs to be broken up that must be plowed. Maybe your heart needs to be softened by uh, tears of repentance. I don't know, but my guess is if soil had feelings, it would probably not like this plowing business very much at all. I mean, if you were to ask the soil, would you like to be plowed? The soil probably would say, I think I'll take a pass on plowing, thank you very much. I think I'll just stay hard because plowing, it hurts. Breaking up hard ground hurts. But we need to understand it's not the worst pain i'll tell you what the worst pain is the worst pain is to remain hard and empty and never bear fruit at all that's the worst pain but there's good news for hard soil and the good news is when it comes to a seed all it takes is just a little opening just give the seed a crack and a seed is very strong beyond your wildest imagination I mean, we've all seen the image of a sidewalk where there's a little crack and there's some seed, some blade of something that forces its way up through a concrete sidewalk. The seed, the word of God is powerful beyond imagination. I mean, there can be enormous hardness, but just give it a little opening. Well, you may have hardness and God is just waiting for you just to give them a little opening, maybe just a word of prayer, you know, God, whatever you need to do, I want you to plow up the hardness of my heart. So please do it. God, I want to be tender-hearted toward you. You can say that prayer today. And God will begin to soften hard soil. Because if there's going to be growth, the soil has got to be soft. All right, now Jesus goes on to talk about another kind of soil. Uh, This is what he says in verse five. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Now, rocky ground in Palestine, in Palestinian farming areas was very common. And so the people listening to Jesus understood this about shallow soil and rocky ground. There's so little dirt that when roots start to go down, they just hit the rock right away. They have no chance to spread or flourish. And here Jesus was saying growth requires deep soil. So let's do a little soil analysis here. Uh, Is your faith putting down deep roots? deep devotion. Richard Foster starts his book, Celebration of Discipline, by saying superficiality is the curse of this age. Uh, It's a shallow world. Shallow relationships, superficial conversations, hurried moments of prayer, too much television, uh, superficial commitment And this characterizes people's lives, even people's lives sometimes when they enter into the church and start a faith journey. For a time, it appears that things are going okay. In fact, often people look like they're grabbing onto everything with great enthusiasm, but they tend to bounce from one thing to another with great surface enthusiasm. But then Jesus says, trouble hits. Look at verse 21. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Because of their faith, something is demanded of them. Some cost is attached, and then they discover the roots don't go down deep enough to sustain life. A lack of commitment is very common in our world. When things are easy, I do okay. But when things get difficult, I bail. I change jobs, I change marriage partners, I change small groups, I change churches. Roots require time and continuity and endurance. So what kind of depth is in your life? Are you deep in relationships these days? When was the last time you went real deep in a conversation with another person? When was the last time where it was appropriate with a person that you trust, you disclosed something? that you had been hiding? When was the last time you took a relational risk? When was the last time someone told you a hard truth about yourself, something about you that needs to change, that maybe doesn't honor God? How did you respond? Did you get defensive or were you receptive? Are you living in deep community? Is there depth in your relationship with Christ? When was the last time you had a deep conversation, a deep unhurried time of prayer to just share the fullness of your heart, either happy or sad with God? I wanna challenge you to take an extended amount of time this week to live in these words of Christ. Just take some time each day to reflect on this story in Matthew 13. Think of how it must feel to the sower, to God, to sow seed that doesn't bear fruit. But what kind of joy is there when the seed begins to take root and life breaks through the surface? I hope you can spend enough time this week with this story that you find a desire welling up in you where you can say, God, I wanna have deep roots in you. Please don't be careless about your root structure. Don't be careless with reading the Bible. Don't be careless with prayer. Don't be careless about serving. Don't be careless about connecting into community. If you are, it's not going to lead to where you want to go. Trust me on this one. When testing comes and when the circumstances of your life start to change, you're going to need a strong foundation to stand on. You're going to need the peace that surpasses human, human understanding. You're going to want to be rooted so that you can see it through. So please, pay attention to the root structure. Please take responsibility for the development of your spiritual life. Please take responsibility for reading the Bible and praying. Please take responsibility for the spiritual practices that keep you rooted in Christ. Well, Jesus says growth requires soil that's soft and growth requires soil that's deep. And then he talks about a third kind of soil. He says in verse seven, other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Now this part of the story involves soil that's soft enough and deep enough to sustain growth. The problem is clutter. The problem is there's soil that's wasting its nutrients on weeds. And the seed is choked out just by competition. It's not bad soil, it's just cluttered. The question here is, do you have any clutter in your life? Now clutter sounds like such a small uh, nuisance, doesn't it? I wanna suggest in some ways, this is the most dangerous soil condition of all because it's so subtle. It's not necessarily cluttered with bad things and it doesn't seem to be terrible. If you're in this condition, you're able to say, My heart is not hard toward God. I'm not defiant or rebellious. And it's not like my life is just deliberately superficial. I'm not the kind of person who bounces around from one thing to the next. I've been involved in the same community, in the same group, in the same church for a long time. My life is just cluttered. But Jesus says, this is a deadly enemy. It can choke your spiritual vitality. It can drain you of purpose. It can make a mockery of all your good intentions. It'll choke off the spiritual life inside of you. So even though you're not deliberately hard or shallow, it leads to the same end result. There's no spiritual life. It will still lead, Jesus says, to failure to thrive. Again, Jesus is so wise about this condition. He says in verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. A mind can just get cluttered with the worries of this life. What might happen? What will I do? What might go wrong? What will I say? What will they think? A mind can just get cluttered with the worries of this life. Or Jesus talks about the deceitfulness of wealth. And we live in a world where We get bombarded by commercials that tell us this all the time. There was an advertisement uh, not very long ago uh, for a very expensive car. And it said, you can't buy happiness, but you can lease it. Uh, Jesus says, where there is clutter, all you will ever have is a weed patch. Maybe you need to do some weeding. Maybe you're a workaholic and it's just choking the spiritual life out of you. You need to get serious about cutting back hours. You're not able to love God. You're not able to love your family or your friends the way that you should. You've got to do some weeding. The weeds are not just going to go away on their own. Maybe you're financially overextended and it's choking the generosity and spiritual vitality out of you. And you need to rearrange your financial lives. You need to do some financial weeding. Will you remove clutter from your life? Will you get serious about weeding? It'll lead to failure to thrive otherwise. Hard hearts, shallow faith, cluttered lives. I mean, these choke the spiritual vitality right out of us. All right, this is the last soil Jesus talks about. He says, where the soil is soft, and the soil is deep, and the soil is uncluttered, watch out. I mean, you won't believe what will happen. If your heart is tender toward God, and your devotion is deep and rooted, and your life is uncluttered, then your growth is going to be unstoppable. I mean, it just is. You're going to thrive. But the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it, This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Part of what we need to understand here in this story is the harvest Jesus describes is unbelievable. Often in Jesus' stories, he uses embellishment and exaggeration of a detail to try to picture the abundance, the richness of the kingdom of God. He does that here. Normally in those days, in a good year, one seed would lead to a stalk and a head of grain. And maybe in a bad year, maybe there would be just a, a couple of grains in the stock. In a good year, maybe there'd be like 20 or 25. But Jesus says it could be 30, it could be 60, it could be a hundredfold beyond people's ability to imagine. The point Jesus is making is that the fruitfulness God desires for you and me is beyond human comprehension or ability. In fact, one reason Jesus told this story is to encourage his followers because you and I are not just soil. We're called to be sowers. We're given the privilege of sowing the seed. Jesus knew how it would go for his disciples, for his friends, and for you and me. And part of what he's saying here is just know this ahead of time. When you sow seed, sometimes it will fall on non responsive soil. Often it'll fall where the soil is hard or where the soil is shallow and it looks good for a little bit and then it'll disappear. Or where there's clutter and it'll spring up but it'll get choked out. Jesus says often this will happen as you're sowing seed and you'll be tempted to give up. Don't give up because the harvest is coming. Sometimes conditions are right, and when that happens, watch out. I believe part of the reason Jesus was telling this story was because his disciples and others who were traveling with him needed to hear it, because they would go from town to town, hear Jesus give a message, and they would watch some people get up and leave, and then they would watch other people lean forward really excitingly, nodding their heads like they're taking it all in, but then they had this sneaking suspicion that those people weren't going to last and in some towns there were some people who stayed all the way to the end and their lives were changed and I believe Jesus wanted to encourage his followers and to encourage you and me by telling this story he was saying to them I know and I know you can see that not all people are receptive to this message This message of grace, this message of the kingdom of God transforming human lives. And so Jesus is saying to his followers, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to keep sowing seeds. That's what we're going to do. I mean, we're just going to face the fact that a percentage of people are going to be resistant to our message, but we're not going to let that discourage us. And we're going to face the fact that some people are going to show signs that are very promising in the beginning, and then they're just going to fall by the wayside and they're gonna wither out and die off. We're gonna face the fact that some people get it and are rooted to a certain extent, but they'll be choked out by the unimportant things. And we're gonna to have to watch them year in and year out as people never mature because stuff is choking them out. I think he's saying to those traveling with him, we're gonna put up with all this and it's gonna be hard. But we're going to put up with all of it because every once in a while, this seed is going to fall on some unbelievably rich soil. And when it does, and it starts producing 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, I mean, that's what's going to get us up in the morning. That there are people out there like this, and their lives can have this kind of meaning. Now, I've held on to this story as an encouragement most of my Christian life. Because as you know, I do a certain amount of sowing of God's word. I do a certain amount of teaching and it's not easy to watch people refuse God's word. It's not easy to watch people get all fired up and uh, make it look like something is gonna happen and then it doesn't. It's not easy watching people choked out by stuff that doesn't even really matter. But every once in a while, I get to watch God grab hold of someone's life and that seed develops and that keeps me going. I think Jesus was telling this story for me. He's saying, I want you to keep going. Don't get discouraged. I even like the math in this story. He doesn't say 50% of it will be hard to take. He says three fourths of it will be hard to take. But even if a quarter of the seed germinates, man, what can happen through that group? is enough to keep us going you may work and pray and invite people uh, but you don't get the results you want maybe they listened once but they haven't listened since or maybe they haven't listened at all there's a part of you that's tempted to think i must have done something wrong or god's not fulfilling his part of the deal or something must not be working right jesus says just expect it sometimes there will be hard soil, sometimes cluttered soil, sometimes shallow soil. Here's the deal. Jesus says your job is just to sow the seed. Be like the sower. Just sow the seed. Be lavish and generous with it. Your job is not to make the growth happen. That's not your job. Just sow the seed. All right, let me say a word of prayer and then the band is going to lead us in a closing song. God, I just pray for those who are listening right now who maybe are just new to faith. And as they hear this word, I pray that it would land on soil that is soft and deep and rich and not cluttered by the worries or the ways of this world. And that you would actually um, allow your word to have an effect on their lives. And God, for those of us who are following you and um, we're scattering the seed and we're trying to get your word out there. I pray that you would just encourage us uh, by this message and by uh, this passage of scripture. Help us to uh, be in it this week and to continue to get encouragement from it. And I ask this in Jesus name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. We hope you found something in this week's message to take away and apply to your life this week. Uh, If you live in the Bay Area, we would love to have you join us for one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 8.45, 10, and 11.15. For directions or information about what we have for you or your family, your students, you can go to blueoaks.church or download the app today. Uh, And We hope to see you on Sunday soon.